made this world? Who made the swan and the black bear? Who made the grasshopper? This grasshopper, I mean, the one who has flung herself out of the grass, the one who is eating sugar out of my hand, who is moving her jaws back and forth instead of up and down, who is gazing around her with her enormous and complicated eyes. Now she lifts her pale forearms and thoroughly washes her face. Now. She snaps her wings open and floats away. I don't know exactly what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention, how to fall down into the grass, how to kneel down in the grass, how to be idle and blessed how to stroll through the fields, which is what I've been doing all day. Tell me, what else should I have done? Doesn't everything die at last and too soon? Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild, and precious life. Mary Oliver, The Summer Day. So, I spent the weekend with a good number of you and um, our teens at Lake Somerville, camping, plenty of grasshoppers, hopping and flying and doing what they do. Plenty of being idle and being blessed. Plenty of wandering and looking at God's creation. Tell me, what else is there, really, for us to do? Tell me, what do you plan to do with your one wild and precious life. One of my favorite things to do when I spend uh, one Sunday a month with our Generation Faith teens is to make sure before we're all running out the door to grab them, wait, and they look at me like this, as if they are being greatly put upon. And I do this. God, thank you so much for this beautiful, handsome, strong, brilliant, wonderful life that you have created in this, your beloved child. Thank you so much for the plans that you have laid for them. Thank you for all that is within them that they don't even know yet that will be discovered. And thank you also for the strength and the courage that they will discover as they go through life, which is so wonderful and so hard. 
thank you for giving them the gift of your spirit within them and the plan within their very lives to bless and be blessed. Thank you, God, for these wonderful, beautiful, lovely children of yours. It goes over big with the, the teens. You know it does. <laughs> and they act as if I'm doing something really horrible. And I laugh and I say, I know you think I'm doing something horrible, but I really do think you are just fabulous. And one day, we were in a hurry to get to communion, and I forgot. And I was rushing out the door with them. <clears throat> uh-huh. <clears throat> what about your prayer? You see, teens are so fabulous on that edge of coming into themselves and the life that is opening before them. What do you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? It comes alive as we have conversations. They're so there, so alive with all of that possibility and fear with all of that brash arrogance and total utter insecurity in a word they're kind of just like us <laughs> just a little more transparent so this weekend I got to hang out with some teens and revel in their aliveness and don't you know it's so funny the most frequent thing we heard from one of our teens, loud and clear, was in response to everything, starting with the fact that she couldn't get phone signal when she opened the door at the campsite. <laughs> I'm gonna die! <laughs> over and over through the campsite at different occasions, you would hear the voice, I'm gonna die! Like I said, just like us, a little more transparent, that's all. <laughs> In the week preceding this weekend and preparing to go share this amazing gift with our community of faith, our family of faith, I also had opportunity to sit with uh, one of my friends and our sisters here and her loved one and do something that uh, many of you have had the experience of doing, I'm sure, but that particularly uh, falls upon those of us that choose uh, to respond to the call of God in this way. I was um, blessed also to be able to sit with someone who had received the words terminal and inoperable. And to ask, what is it that you need to do for this time? What is it that you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? To speak the words that we know, <laughs> which is, 
life, wild and precious, and death, certain, and for all of us. What is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Extravagant generosity is what we've been speaking of over this month. Heard wonderful messages helping us to understand the depth of what we're trying to explore and communicate. That yes, this is about our financial support, but that is such a small portion of what we are trying to really understand, which is life in all of its abundance lived in fullness, not just what do we have to live on, but what do we live for? And sometimes we approach it with all the exuberance and insanity and delight of the teenagers. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And sometimes with a seriousness that does not even translate into words. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. In one way or another, it's the same thing. Facing our life and facing our death, the spiritual life is the place where the reality that they are one and the same meet. I came that you would have life and have it abundantly. What does that mean for us? I came that you would have life in the face of death. What does that mean for us? How do we know what matters most? Bucketless. How many of you are familiar with the term bucket list? Some of you. It was the title of a fairly popular movie that was about two older guys that had a list of things that they wanted to experience, see, do before they kicked the bucket. The life they wanted to engage before they passed on. And it is the topic of the sermon today, bucket lists. And in doing a little bit of research, I asked myself and a number of other people, what would be on your bucket list? Do you have one? What would be on your bucket list? Ride a mechanical bull. Fly first class. Learn to actually do the Rubik's Cube. Watch a surgery. Drink wine in Italy. Meditate in a Buddhist temple. Earn a degree or certification that puts more initials on my name. Get a temporary henna tattoo inked all over my body. Meet Sean Frain and ask him please to never stop innovating. Go, Sean. See Johnny Lang in concert. See Macklemore in concert. 
Go to a Burning Man experience, ride a camel in Egypt, take part in a Sky Lantern Festival, swim in an Iceland hot spring, make and then quickly eat a rainbow cake, ride a tandem bicycle with someone I love, hug a redwood tree, run in a color run, have dinner in the sky, eat Cajun food in New Orleans, be a flash mobber, swim on the edge of the ocean at the equator, Okay, go on an African safari, visit the Galapagos Islands, climb the Great Wall of China. Do they let you do that? Visit every continent. What else? Enjoy as many beers as I can at Oktoberfest in Germany. <laughs> yes, ride an elephant. Horseback ride on the beach, play laser tag, enter a pub quiz, visit the Eiffel Tower, visit New York City, watch a meteor shower, build a translation portfolio, become fluent in Portuguese, donate blood, kiss the Blarney Stone, snuggle with someone in a hammock, send a message in a bottle. What else? Have a 19th century mahogany or cherry wood grand piano. Live in a yurt. See Big Sur, plant a tree, ride in a helicopter, adopt a child, shower in a waterfall, make amazing crepes, be a foster parent, watch an opera, ride in an airplane, travel to Los Angeles, start CrossFit, have a garden, have a job I love, read the entire Bible, be kissed on top of a Ferris wheel, Run a 5K. Eat every edible fruit in the world. <laughs> so what's on your list? What would be on your list? I noticed that there seemed to be kind of two approaches to the bucket list. One approach forgive me, but I will call it kind of the teenager approach, is here's my life to-do list. Here's the stuff I want to accomplish in my life. Here's the stuff I want to experience and do and be and see in my life. And those bucket lists had all sorts of explorations and accomplishments. And then there was the kind of approach to the bucket list that was a little more the other, the more solemn approach. What is it that I need to do so that I will have no regrets if I were to die soon? That bucket list. What matters most in my life? And I need to pay attention to that. In some ways, again, it's where these two lists meet, right? What we aspire to and what matters most to us. It's where those two lists meet that the spiritual life has its fullness. It's the place where realizing that you are a creation of God, your life is the gift. It isn't merely that we are gifted with life, your life is the gift. And the aspiration of how to give that gift through accomplishment and joy and companionship, that's the giving 
of the gift of your life back to God in the world in a particular way. It's rejoicing and being extravagant in the gift that has been given. And it's where it meets that other part, where it's the question of what matters most. When all is said and done, does it really matter whether or not I built my own house, which was something on my list, or whether I have a home that I have had at least one family reunion in, which is also on my list. Does it really matter if I was able to fit back into my cheerleading outfit from my senior year? <laughs> or is it that I ate good food because I eventually learned how to really love the body I'm in? It's where what matters most and the extravagant generosity of God internally helping us know that and claim that and giving us the courage and the grace to live into that meets those wonderful aspirations of exploring and seeking and opening our arms wide to all that God has given us, that we are fully able to really understand what we're talking about with this extravagant generosity of God being the place where our hopes and our dreams and our visions come together in a way that makes way for the life of the world. You see, the first list is one that might satisfy me, but when it comes into relationship with the second list, all of a sudden it is a way-making life. It is a bucket list that gets poured out so that others might make their way with a sense of place and community and encouragement. It's the being able to sing a song about blessings coming in all shapes and sizes and living a life that communicates you know what that means so that somebody who's just now coming into a hardship is encouraged and strengthened and a way is made. It's so that I might amass a certain degree of professional uh, establishment, but so that I can foster a teenager and tell them, your dreams can come true. It doesn't matter if you're being raised on welfare and your mother is never around. You also can have a dream for your life that she cannot see and you also can accomplish it. Go live your one precious, wild, beautiful life. It's not just for us, but it is for us that the gift of life has been given. It is God's extravagant generosity, not that we can give something, but that we can live in the giving of God that we can participate in the extravagant generosity, which means receiving what God has given, so that we might live very fully and very bravely in such a way as it gives a way for others to do the same. And yes, sometimes it means giving concretely so that a space like this can be made so we can have conversations like this and music like that and friendships like this and hope 
like that? Yes, we do give in very real ways to create the space to find our way to that intersection over and over again. The intersection of the young ones who dream dreams and those who are a little ahead of us who speak truth and prophesy and give us a vision that our young eyes have yet to see. It's the place where we come together. I was at such a place yesterday morning at seven o'clock in the morning. As the sun was rising over Lake Somerville, I was sitting around a campfire with a circle of friends and loved ones from this community of faith that ranged in age from the young to the older. And we sat there and had morning meditation together and it was one of the most beautiful, wonderful experiences ever, not the least of which is because it was totally optional. And some of the teens chose to get up early and join us. And there we were with our bedhead and our caffeine grasped very tightly, curving ourselves toward the warmth of the fire and sharing our morning prayers out loud. And it was in that space that I asked the question, would you all be willing to share with me, help me with my sermon a little? What is it that would be on your bucket list? And the youngest one in the circle said, I want to go to Harvard. And we said, yes, isn't that wonderful? And she, a little impatiently said, and, I want to be a pilot. Oh, wow, that's great. And I want to join the Air Force. Great. And then after that, I want to be a doctor. And I also like to sing. It was beautiful. In her wild and precious life before her, she had dreams already of Harvard, and flying a plane and serving our country in the Air Force, of healing people, and of singing. And then some of the folks who had been here on this planet a little bit longer had a different kind of list. <laughs> but over and over, they said some things like this. I would like all of my nieces and nephews to have a secret source of support, of financial provision that they don't know about, that I will be compiling over the years, so that if the time comes when they're older and they need something, I will be able to have something available for them. I don't have children myself, she said, but I want to make a way for them. And another one talked about being able to take some of the inherited wisdom from his great-grandmother and make it available for those that came next, transcribing some things and sharing some stories. Another one talked about restoring some land so that it would be available for generations to come. Over and over in the older one's visions was making a way for those who are to come to know that they have a place prepared for them. They were dreams and visions of provision. The young ones will dream dreams, 
and the old ones will have visions and prophesy. And it is in this place where they come together and call upon the name of God that the Spirit will pour forth and all who call will be saved. Saved from a life of self-centered, materialist absorption. Saved from a life that feels as if it had no purpose or meaning. Saved together at that place where what we are and what we do makes way for love deep and true through and through in the world for us all. Extravagant generosity is this, that we would come and embrace our lives with the joy and abandon of our teenage years and with the seriousness and profound revelation of our very short journey that comes for us sometimes earlier than others. And that we would look upon one another's faces and see in each other the teenage face and the one who has but a short time to live. And we would live our lives in a way that makes way for us all. This is that church. Let us live that life for the life of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.